0: when there are people that you love in danger, the more secure you are, the more you worry. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend and associate uh, Alfonso Rachel, and this is The Virtue Signal, and uh, kind of a slow news week, huh? Uh the obviously the events uh in ukraine have have shaken the world really to its foundations uh zoe you and i were talking a little bit about this before and uh despite all of the ongoing kind of decay that we've not only seen but basically that we've done nothing but talk about on this show this one seems to have really woken up people to the fact that no there this is more important than which bathroom you you know you decide to use or or um you know, green energy and, and that kind of thing. This one has 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 brought people back to the idea that there is an external reality that can be ugly. And having lived my, basically my entire, well, certainly since the Cold War anyway, uh, life just basically free of any kind of outside genuine worries, it's a shock for a bunch of people, especially coming off of the whole COVID thing and lack of trust in government and all the rest of that stuff. So, um, just to set you up for the topic today, uh, which I would like to probably call, um, either serenity or how to stop worrying. Uh, my wife is Russian as most people who've been watching the show know, know well, uh, I have a, um, a mother-in-law and a stepdaughter in, in Russia, and they're not terribly, terribly far away from the Ukraine border. Uh, my poor wife is in, a, in a, a very emotional state now because she feels, number one, she feels the shame that, that I've heard from so many other expatriate Russians, although there is some nationalistic support for this inside the country, obviously. Uh, and sometimes the best way to get a point across is, is for us just to talk about problems that you and I have in our own lives at the moment. And right now, my problem is is trying to convince my wife not that she shouldn't worry, but to not be consumed by worrying. And when you have people that you love or it, who are, you know, far away, and 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 you you, we we as humans cannot abide uncertainty. This is the one thing I've learned about human psychology. We would much rather know that we're going to die than not know whether we're going to die at all. You know, <sighs> it, 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 we we must have the answer. This this unfocused. Uh, Just this unfocused fear of what is going to happen almost always tends to take us towards the very worst possibilities. And because our lives have been so sanitary and so uh, comfortable and, and, and so on and so prosperous, when these kind of intrusions of reality insert themselves into our psyches, it can do a lot of damage. Now, needless to say, my wife's not the only person who's dealing with a lot of anxiety out there right now. A lot of people are. A lot of people are worried about nuclear war. A lot of people are worried about a lot of things. So I thought maybe today, uh, to help me and, and maybe some of our viewers out there, we could talk about ways that you can find some kind of, like, capital S serenity. You know, like, small S serenity would be somebody who's basically living in the present. That's something we should all do and very few of us do. But when I say capital S serenity, I kind of mean, how do we administer that drug into our systems as a tranquilizer. The uh, spent some, some time in a 12-step program and the serenity prayer is God grant me the wisdom to, uh, get, God grant me the uh, serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. How do people get to that place where they can, where they can say there is essentially nothing I can do about this and rather than burn myself out, I'm going to find a way to accept it and deal with it as it comes.
1: Man, the feeling of uh, helplessness. That's the word. Uh, Don't like it. it. Don't like it. it. Right. Nobody likes it. And, uh, you know, and of of course, as usual, man, you you do uh, an amazing commentary. And uh, the recent one you did uh, on basically Putin being in prison. Uh, But. I mean, there is his own prison, but unfortunately he didn't drag the rest of his country into his prison. That,
0: and the world, yep. Yeah.
1: Indeed, you know, and, 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 uh, those prisons, they're, they're barred up with anxiety, uh, people being put in a position to where they can't buy or sell. And, and, you know, the thing is, you know, Bill, that we don't think about that sometimes. We don't think about what it what, what it would be like to be in a position to where we can't buy or sell. And when you're faced with it, it becomes a very, very frightening thing. Uh, and the word talks about this, it uses those words specifically, where you will be put into a position where you cannot buy or sell. Uh, you're not going to be able to uh, to uh, engage in transportation the way that you want and all these sorts of things. Um, the warning has been given, and in terms of... um what is this thing to inject into our system to give us peace? as, you know, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to sound callous or, or cavalier when I say these things like that, but there's, there's, it comes a time when one has to know that uh, all the tears shedding and, and the express of your expression of your anxiety aren't going to change the minds who are, who are exacting the oppression. Uh, that's not going to, it's not going to help the situation at all. Um, and it may not, and, and definitely at the end of the day, uh, is not going to be therapy for you. Um, the word for me now, for me in dealing with these things, and I've, I've had things that, uh, you know, I've dealt with that that have could, could give me anxiety, but understanding, okay, this is not going to do at this point. I'm not going to be any help. I'm not going to be uh, useful here. Um, the Lord himself tells us, and this is why we're going through all this stuff, Bill is because of fear. Fear is, (laughs) if I could draw on the movie, fear is the mind killer. It is. Fear does a lot of damage. It, 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 and you don't want to go down that path. Like what Putin is doing, one, is driven by pride, then it's driven by fear. Hey, Putin wants, he wants those resources. And we've been and and people in fear in America of, of, of America being uh this imperious imperial nation that wants to go and hijack other people's resources and stuff like that. It's like, are you guys getting it right now that the reason why America kind of like keeps a presence right there is because, it's because so, of you. Thank you. It's because of is because of people like Putin. If, if if America doesn't have oversight over these resources, somebody like Putin will. That's why we do. And, and Putin's like, I want it. I have coveted. I, will, I am going to steal. I am going to do it as a disgrace to my nation and a, really a, a disgrace to God. But I don't care. I'm going to go ahead and do this because I want to be the big, I'm afraid of not being the big boy on the block. So out of fear, out of covetousness, out of pride, this is the things that he does. So let's not follow the same things because fear is one of those things that causes people You become a liability to other people. When you act on fear, don't do it. If you really care, if you care about people, don't give in to your fear. Your faith has to be stronger than your fear. If not, it's gonna, it's gonna get people hurt. And like I said, I don't mean to sound callous. I don't mean to, to make it sound like you know, because there's a lot of people scared. There's a lot of people in anxiety right now. Lots of people like that. I'm not trying so, to say that you don't have. a... am sorry. I was just gonna say. I'm not, I'm not saying that you don't have a right to your concerns. You don't have a right to these things. But if you if you let those things consume you, you'd be a, a detriment to other people.
0: So how can you stop? I mean, that's that's really the issue. I think everybody realizes that that there's nothing that they can individually do maybe small steps in terms of, you know, showing support or boycotts or whatever. Mm. But essentially individual actions, at least of, of regular citizens around the world even, have essentially no effect on the outcome of this. So what mechanisms do people use to put that, that fear not away because there's something to be afraid of? And in, in my case, there's something personal to be afraid of. I've been sending money uh, to my to – my, my new relatives that i've had for 5 years now pretty much since the beginning i can't do that anymore uh, they're not fully dependent on that but it but it, it it usually makes up the shortfall and 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 my wife of course and i am worried about how they're going to get through these next several months or however long it takes and there's nothing i can do about that there's nothing my wife can do about that so i have tried to, I have tried to basically say, look, look at, let's look at the situations in the past where, where you were sure the worst case scenario was going to happen and didn't because the worst case scenario never happens. It never does. No matter what you feel, nothing has ever, in my life anyway, nothing has ever gone as far South as I thought it was going to. That doesn't mean bad things haven't happened not at all but but I but that's never happened so what what could you recommend practically for people who are just feeling this this just sort of this ambient anxiety now about about you know just about everything with the loss of our freedoms trucker convoy and 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 you know and and covid and and a president who can't finish a sentence and 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 all of this stuff that just seems to be growing on a daily basis just more and more and more things to be worried about? Not, how, how do you medicate that, not, not to take you out of the fight or not, to, or not to sort of dull your reflexes, but on the contrary, how do you medicate that general anxiety so that you are able to function effectively?
1: Well, we're definitely not supposed to be taken out of the fight. That's why the Lord refers to us as his army, He tells us to put on our, our helmet. We got a breastplate to put on. We're supposed to gird our loins. We're
0: supposed to be ready to fight. So how do we put on that breastplate? What does that consist of psychologically or spiritually?
1: Well, we want, we want answers. We want the wisdom, right? But we have to understand that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So how is it that if we want answers, if we really want it, the value of the answers. Well, when somebody wants something and if you really, if you want, want to get it, you got to set your pride aside and you got to humble yourself before the person who has the resources that you want. And the thing about God is God is not the kind of person who's stingy, man. God's got the whole universe, man. It's like, I got a surplus of stuff that I can give you. If you want to humble yourself before me, because the the humility is the key. The humility is the key because I can go ahead and give you this stuff. And with humility, are you going to do right with it? So. Now, the thing is, is that a lot of people, and, and I want to say this really, in a, a couple things, <laughs> really quick. When you got the Lord, the Lord says you will no longer hunger and you will no longer thirst. Now, of course, we still going to get hungry. We still going to be thirsty for things. But the thing is, is once you found the truth, you can stop get out there and trying to scavenge for it, trying to scavenge for answers because you know where the truth is. And this is more than the, 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 the Christianese cliche of saying God is on the throne and, and is no. God is on the throne. He's the ultimate authority and he gives instructions and we have marching orders. We have things that we're supposed to do. And and among those marching orders is to not fear. Here's the thing about fear. If I can, if I can reiterate this, fear is not something that we're totally supposed to do away with. Matter of fact, the word says that the Lord, when He makes us, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's an interesting thing. An ingredient.
0: Very interesting wording. Yes, it's
1: a very interesting ingredient that we have. Fear, right? Why? Because. Fear is, is a, is a primal sensation. It's the first thing that we experience. It's a, it's a, it's beyond an emotion. It's like I said, I, I, I would just prescribe it as a, as a, as a sensation. Yeah. It's like a
0: force. It's like a, it's like a, like gravity or, or, yes. or something. Yeah.
1: Right. It's not like, it's not like something that you could process or try to justify or, or, or try to rationalize or anything like that. Any other exper- uh, emotion that you could have. Fear is, is primal. And We're made with that. And people cling to their fears, right? They cling to them. As we said, sometimes people can be unconsolable. They wrap their arms around their fear and that is theirs and you cannot take it from them. This is why the Lord says, do not fear. You give your fear to me. The only, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. I just want to, I want to stay with you on this. So, because, because you just made me think about something. So basically, what you just said, I think, is really profound because sometimes when people are deeply afraid, the only thing they can hold on to is their fear. Is their fear, and mm-hmm. and this is why why um, Roosevelt's "We have nothing to fear but fear itself" is actually very profound piece of advice. Mm. Sometimes when we are genuinely terrified, the only thing that we have that's constant that we can that we can build on mm. is our is our sense of fear, yes. and it, and it just becomes a, like a multiplier.
1: Mm -hmm. because fear is probably the most familiar thing that we have. And that's, that's a comfort zone. What's familiar. Fear has been with us ever since, like I said, the beginning, before you can even start to process things, you have fear. Um, and like I said, that's, that's the word that says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now that thing that you value the most, that thing that is most familiar to you, God says, give it to me. I made you with it. But And it's important for you to have. And fear is important because fear is also the process of having a sense of value. How can you really register? How can you actually show that you don't that you value something unless you have a sense of fear? Fear of losing having your car stolen fear of of when your kids go to school, you know, but you can't be consumed with the fear. But at the same time, the fear kind of demonstrates a sense of value that you have. So we're supposed to see each other with a sense of value, and, and it's okay to have a sense of fear to, to, to register that, but you can't be consumed by it. So God is like, you give that to me. In exchange, I give you courage.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, there's a lot to unpack there that's really excellent. Uh, looking back on my life before I got married, I was flying around in experimental airplanes and having a good time, and I realized I was pretty much I was a lot more fear, fearless then, than I am now <laughs> because I had nothing to lose. Mm. Really, I really had nothing to lose except for myself uh so when you are worried about other people, that's a natural emotion that that fear that that is so pervasive especially in the case of my wife, is grounded in in the love that she has for her family and I feel that I feel that too when people that you love or things that you love are threatened, you react. With fear, but you brought up a word in there that I think is the key to unlocking this for so many people, and once again it, it, it's that it 's that old culprit of pride, and the antidote to that being humility. while you were talking about that, I realized that a fair a fair volume of uh, of the amount of worrying we do is actually very prideful mm-hmm. because, as I mentioned at the beginning. On some level, when we are consumed by worry, it's because some part of our brain seems to think that there's something either I should be doing or can be doing, and and in a way, it's kind of self-centered. You know, it's it's kind of like saying, "Well, well, well I, I got to do this. I got to... Well, well that's not, there's nothing you can do. It's sim- there's literally nothing you can do, and so I think that aspect of of a, of a sense of pride, almost bad mm-hmm. pride, is is a way of saying you know, I'm the center of the universe. I'm all powerful. Everything that happens in the world is a result of the decisions I make and so on and so on and so on. We think this subconsciously. And I think that maybe what what we should be doing and maybe maybe one of the the, the few beneficial uh, takeaways from this situation is for modern people to understand that sometimes you have to let these things go because there is nothing that you can do about them and and take... Don't don't give up worrying about the people you love, but take that sense of I must do something out, right? There you cannot do anything about this. You have to simply deal with it, you have to wait. And waiting, as I said, and uncertainty is the uh. most intolerable of human conditions, but you have to learn how to love that. Are they okay today? Yes. Okay. Well, then they're okay today. So let's be okay today. And, and, and so on. This is a bit related to something that, that I've had to deal with relatively recently in life. Let's take a a situation like a, a dangerous job, like an experimental test pilot, let's say. And, and let's say that you got a guy who's a, an Air Force major back in the 60s, and they're flight testing, all this stuff. These guys had like a 25% chance of being killed on these, each one of these missions. When you put a bunch of missions together, those numbers are not good. So as I thought more and more about this, I realized if you're the wife of one of these guys who has a dangerous job, any dangerous job, I'm sure it's true for, police, for policemen in their, in their family as well, mm-hmm. police men and women in their families, if when, you're, when your husband leaves the house in the morning to go to work in a dangerous job and you spend the day worrying about whether he's going to die that day, he dies every day, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. he dies every day. The, the reason we do this is because we try to, we try to prepare ourselves for bad news. We, we, try to, we, try to, we try to accept that the bad news is coming so that when the bad news does come— will we'll be able to withstand it a little better. But if you find a person who has the kind of emotional strength and mental strength to say, yes, my husband's going off to uh, this dangerous job, but he'll be home today. Then you spend the whole day happy. And if it turns out that the worst comes, then you have that bad day then. But if you are convinced every single time that person goes out the door that you're never going to see them again, you're miserable every single day. All the time, your husband has died every day he walks out that door. Every single day, you treat it like it's the last time you're going to see the guy. And I'm not saying you shouldn't love and and and, and communicate to people how much they mean to you, because you never know when you're going to go down in, a, in an experimental airplane. You also never know when a, a meteor is going to fall on your head or when you're going to fall in front of a bus. Nobody knows. But But on some level, I think, it's a form of not only a form of self-torture, it's, it, it steals the life away from you to mm. be constantly worried about something, number one, that you can't control. And number two, that not only may never happen, is not likely to happen.
1: Man, it's, you want to spend your time. That's time better spent in love, not time spent in dread. You know, if, if you have the kind of a marriage that uh, where you're concerned, about, and and you know, a lot of uh, uh, there, a lot of marriages have have uh, dissolved because of these things, because they spend their time in dread. It's like it, it's not just that this person dies a little bit every day; the marriage dies a little bit every day.
0: Yeah, and the husband does too, because because now he can't do his job. It actually affects his chances of mm-hmm. being killed because if he's constantly worried that his wife is suffering. Then he's not going to be able to approach what he needs to do with the kind of emotional clarity that that you need to do things like that.
1: Indeed, man, and, and these things ain't easy to say, man. It's not. It's, it's not. You know. Uh, you know when when you hear about people who may have uh, uh, who has a spouse who becomes a prisoner of war or something like That's that. That's a great example. You know how how can how is how do you relax? How can you? You know, it's you know you're going to be gripped by fears. You know, it's a, when, when the Lord, when the word says the two shall become one flesh. Hey, if that person is torn away from you, you're going to feel it. All right? and there's a reason why it's like, you know, they'll leave their father and mother and they will cling to their wife. You know, and, and if, if that person is pulled away, if your spouse is pulled away from you, man, it's going to hurt. All right, and we fear pain. And, uh, and And understandably so. But still, even if a person is afraid, no matter what it is that they're afraid of, is your fear really going to help the situation. Most likely it is not. It is, it is okay to have a healthy concern, but like I, like I said, the Lord says, you give that to me. You fear me. You get that wisdom. And then I get you, and then from there, you have the clarity, you have the clear mind to know what, what's, what's practical, what you can actually do to help. Sometimes you just need to be still and know that I'm God, right? Sometimes it just takes that because as we've already discussed, what can you do? Really, what can you do? But you, if you want to go ahead and try to mobilize, uh, mobilize to do what? What is your actions going to do? So, like I said, you know, he's the one who makes, he makes us. Sometimes the Lord has to make us lay down by still waters. Make you lay down in the Greek, sit your behind, down, right? Be calm, be still, and know that I am God. And The thing and and if I can just say this really quick, the the thing is, Bill, we are not going to solve this in the natural world. This uh, is this experiment, this observable experiment in every generation that we have shows that we're not going to fix these things that people do in the world. But we have a need. That's just how we're built. it's what we adopted. We weren't built this way. We okay. were made, we were made to be good, but in order to be genuinely good and not cause these liabilities toward each other, it had to be a choice. There had to be a choice on whether we are gonna do this or not. In order for you, we're not robots. God didn't make us to be robots. I say, look, man, here's the deal. This is the policy. Now you can have eternal, uh, the, the, uh, it can be a vacation. Well, not a vacation, you're still gonna work, but even work will be like a holiday. But you cross this line. This is what you're going to invite into the world for. I have given you dominion. You want to represent like this. This is what the world is going to be. Well, this is what we got. And the only one who can fix it is the Lord himself. And and the the question is, okay, God, when? When are you going to do it? You know, we, we always hear about, oh, God's going to make it a great place and a wonderful place. The reason why God hasn't done it yet is because we would hate him for it. That's how screwed up we are. We would hate him for it. It's already been proven. It's already been demonstrated. Jesus shows up. Yo, I'm going to cure this disease. I'm going to fix your blindness. I'm going to fix your deafness. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you hungry? You need something to eat? I got you. All that sort of stuff. He did it all. He did all the things that Caesar, I guess their king was supposed to do, but couldn't. Crucify him. Yeah. Kill him. Right and even before that, even before that, when jesus was uh came as God incarnate was a pillar of fire and all that sort of stuff, giving people food
0: and everything and uh, and leading them out of oppression, yeah, we want another king we need a golden calf, something <laughs> we can touch this 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 fire and food from the fall yes. from the sky it's not tangible enough to me that is actually that exodus story to me is the is the greatest single insight into the human condition yes to, of all um and I guess just to wrap this up. It seems to me also that paradoxically, when, when you have, well, maybe it's not paradoxical, when there are people that you love in danger, the more secure you are, the more you worry. When I, I, I was honored and fortunate enough to do a, a number of, of fundraisers for, for wounded veterans for, for several years, and I always made a point during those evenings that I would emcee, I always made a point during those evenings of saving the recognition for the spouses till the next to very end, because they they suffer a lot too. And one of the things I realized when I was getting ready for one of those events was if you're deployed in a combat zone and you get shelled once a day, mm. then during that hour, you're terrified. But the rest of the time, or if you're on patrol, you come back to you come back to base, the soldiers are relatively react relaxed. It, Old saw about war being a series just of endless boredom punctuated by a few moments of absolute terror is essentially true. So if you're if you're a frontline soldier and you're out on patrol, you're you're scared. But when you come back to base, you can relax at least a bit. For the family, for the wife, he's on patrol all the time. Mm. Right? In in their mind, he's out there right this second getting shot at. For, for, for a, a especially a young wife at home her husband deployed into a combat zone is under fire 24 hours a day. That's how it feels. Mm. So on some level, it's actually much easier to be subjected to the danger, at least in terms of worry, than it is to be on the other side of the world. Because on the other side of the world, you're constantly thinking that the worst possible thing is happening right now. When you're, when you're in the moment at the location, you can say, yeah, an hour ago, it was freaking horrifying. Things seem to have slowed down for a while, a little tired, to kind of settled down a little bit. And, and I think the more comfortable we get and the and the further away we get from all of these, you know, vices and 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 damage and war and disease, we have made monstr- just incredible strides away from what all of humanity's had to de- deal with mm-hmm. before. And on some level it makes it actually a little harder for us. But I think the thing I said that probably comforted the most was to say, listen, honey, this kind of thing's been going on through human history. So far, this isn't working as far as the comfort thing goes. I said, but you just talk to them, right? On Skype. Yes. You talk to them for two hours each, right? You know, my my mother-in-law, my stepdaughter. Yes. Well, count that as a blessing, right? I mean, count that as a blessing. That is something you can do. Mm-hmm. right? That, that fortunately is something you can do. They can cut off the money, they can cut off all these other things, but at least for the time being, you get to talk to them. Think of all the times when people just, just go back one generation, you know, I've got relatives living in Germany, or I've got a son who's deployed overseas even now, right? Mm-hmm. Even now, you might get a phone call on a satellite phone once every few days or something, but right now, at least, at least for the moment, she is in constant communication with them that should be a source of great comfort and and i think that ultimately this is what we we need to try and do is to is to learn how to conquer our fear for ourselves that doesn't mean don't be afraid it doesn't mean don't be worried it means don't let these things consume you yes walk away from them because you can and because you have to because if because not walking away from them doesn't make the situation better, makes it worse.
1: That's right, man. Just, just be grateful. You know, just, just yeah. tap into that gratitude. You know, be grateful for the time that you have, the love that you're able to share. Concentrate on that. And like I said, for me, and then there's also hope. You know, now my hope isn't, you know, in, in, I guess what people are going to do in the world, not to, and I don't mean that from a cynical point of view. Like I said, my hope is the one who's going to fix all this. And just like you said, Bill, we've made amazing strides. We do the things that we have, um, but all that, and that's, and that's one of the things that gives me so much hope is because all these things have been going on throughout human history. These things that we keep repeating, we're at a time now, we're at a time now, Bill, where there's no excuse to be doing these things anymore. That's true. You know, we can reflect We in real, I mean, so fast we can reflect on history. We have all these resources to say, man, we're doing this again. This is the just, and when people ask like, when is God gonna solve this? Cause I guess he's the only one who can, because we're not, we don't seem to be able to do it. And like I said, God being the just God that he is in the case that he's making, he's making an airtight case. It's like, do you guys not see? that you have no excuse to keep doing this anymore. And those who want to insist that they are justified will be held in contempt of court. Right. The angels will be bailiffs. They will drag them out of court. And then the judgments we going to are going to go ahead and start, as the founder said, appealing to the supreme judge of the world. That's the Lord Himself. They knew who they they knew who they were talking about, and these things they we we are held to account by these things. But like I said, God being the just God that He is, it's like when you guys when you have no excuse anymore. I know even y'all still going to deny it. You ain't got no excuse anymore, and I got my hope in that man because I know I know that there's a better way coming.
0: You know, I don't want to be flipper sacrilegious even, but I would pay pay-per-view money to watch those angels escort some of those people. out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really, I, I just, I think that's, I think that's exactly it. Mm. Um, we, we have come a long way and I don't want to back out of the fact that I have said publicly that I didn't think this invasion of the Ukraine was going to happen because I didn't think it was going to happen. But I have always known that the idea that we have left war behind us and conflict behind us, that is not the case. One of the reasons I'm so concerned and so and so worrying about the uh, like millennial generation is because, not because I'm worried that they're right, I'm praying that they're right. It mm-hmm. would be nice to think, I can't connect to it, but a world where everybody is peaceful and nothing ever goes wrong and you don't have to worry about invasion and everything, this is how they seem to be raised prior to last week anyway and I worry because I don't think that's the natural state of mankind but the reaction to the world to this is showing me that it is it is possible possible not it's never it's never going to be possible that people make these kind of decisions out of pride. That's never going to go away. That's built into the human condition and the kind of people that become national leaders, the kind of people who have the kind of psyches that will do this kind of thing. But watching the world react to this, what I've realized is the world has gone to war against really, not even against a country, against one guy and they've done it without shooting at him. And, and whether this will work or not remains to be seen, but I have been getting a sense lately that maybe it's just barely possible that, after seventy years of of of, of relative peace and prosperity at least in 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 the west the that that a a, a violent invasion may be intolerable by today's standards. I, I don't want people to think I've gone all wobbly on human nature because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in favor of being armed to the teeth. If there had been more deterrent in Ukraine, he would not have gone into Ukraine. I'm 100% convinced that that's the case. But with that said, it seems to me like um, like it is – maybe, maybe it will no longer be necessary to – um well, I was almost saying to not have military to deter them. I don't believe that. You, you have to have a reason – to stop them from going in. No country ever got attacked because it was too strong. But it, it, I'm seeing signs around the world that, and in Russia as well, and especially among Russian ex- expatriates, that this just doesn't happen anymore. It's not acceptable in, in 2022. It's just not. And, and maybe that will be something that ends up being, that goes the same kind of way. You know, people used to kick dogs in the streets, right? Mm-hmm. It used to be a joke to tie, to tie tin cans onto the tail of a cat. When, they, when, when Europeans first came to American cities like, I think it was New York or Boston, one of them said there had been so many people spitting from you know, chewing tobacco, they said the streets looked like they were paved with oysters. And oh. that's just disgusting. And it was accepted at the time. It's not accepted anymore. So who knows? I think slowly we can change, but we better understand that those, that those fault lines are built into the human condition. They will always be there, and we may be able to figure out a way to preempt them or to fight them in a more humane fashion. I hope that's the case, but I'm ammoed up if it's not. <laughs> That'll do it for this edition of The Virtue Signal. It's made possible by the members of BillWhittle.com who, who really stepped up for us uh, a little over a year ago after the last crisis. And, um, and while the audience is somewhat limited for the show, the people who do watch the show uh, have told me just repeatedly how much it means to them. So it means a lot to us too. Uh, so thank you very much for your support. And uh, I guess we'll see you next time right here on The Virtue Signal. Assuming there's not a nuclear war. And, and there won't be. Get on
1: my desk.